0: Today, we're gonna be talking all about how to access capital for your company, where you can go, where the benefits are, things to look out for, why the status of women trying to access capital is so difficult today, and what you can do to work around it. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. If you and I haven't met yet, my name is Sheila Cummins and I'm the CEO and founder of The Road to Seven. We provide financing, training and coaching for women entrepreneurs who are ready to make that shift from being a solopreneur to running a bigger company so that they can make more revenue have more impact without working way more hours. We help you by tweaking your processes, your people, and your profits. We take what you've got, we find your style, your strengths, and we look for opportunities to up-level and make your business just that much stronger. So we're talking today about accessing capital for your business. It is so important during your growth journey for you to be making key investments in your growth. Things like making a strategic hire, hiring someone who is really good at what it is that they do so that they can help you increase your sales, increase your revenue, increase your lead gen, increase whatever it is that you've hired them to do. If you're hiring someone who's really good at what they do, chances are it's going to cost you more than you want to be spending. And that can have massive impact on your cash flow. It's possible you need to invest in a piece of machinery so that you can make whatever product you have easier and more efficient. Maybe you need to be working with a distributor. That's going to cost you money. Maybe you need to be looking for an overseas factory. Maybe it's time for you to up-level your brand and realign it with your current state and where you are right now. Maybe you need to make some strategic investments in your marketing, an advertising campaign, some promotional endeavors may maybe materials or search engine optimizing your website when you sacrifice your cash flow and you don't make the strategic investments that are going to literally help you grow you are holding yourself back from what's possible what we know is that 47 percent of all entrepreneurs are women women receive 16 percent of business loans That is a massive discrepancy. And I think that when you're looking for capital, it's important that you understand why the results are the way that they are so that we can start changing the system. It is gonna take us working together to revitalize and review and revamp a system that was created years and years ago and is no longer applicable today. There is an unconscious bias out in our society when it comes to women-owned businesses. That is a fact, and it's been proven time and time again. When you go in to meet with a loans officer, there's a good chance that they are not looking at your business through a lens that is needed in order to see the value, the impact, and the profit that's possible for you when you access money. The underwriting framework that comes from the loan application and approval process is one that relies on traditional data alone. But what I've come to realize is that the traditional data for a company does not necessarily give the full picture of what your business is about and why you would be a great investment when you're simply plugging numbers into a spreadsheet and they decide whether you're loan worthy or not, that's not going to help you if, for example, your numbers are a little bit low. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. There also is a discrepancy between the business size and structure that women tend to build. Absolutely, there are some women building some crackerjack companies that are going to rival the next Amazon or Google. Be bought for billions of dollars. There's absolutely women working on those initiatives. What we know about the types of businesses that women tend to build is they tend to be on a smaller scale. They are very often a micro business and they're built in order to serve a purpose for that woman. Oftentimes it's corporate people that are leaving their jobs looking for a little bit more balance between work and life. People wanting to reclaim their time, have more say about the number of hours that they're working have more impact or in a different way, and leverage the skill set that they have to be able to earn money. Not That profile of business doesn't necessarily meet what banks are looking to invest in. And it makes sense. The size and scope of loans that a smaller business needs usually is going to cost too much for a bigger financial institution to go through the whole underwriting and management process, and it's just not worth it for them. But it is worth it for a company like The Road to Seven, where we are building a micro-lending platform so we can honor the smaller loans that women entrepreneurs are often seeking. So where are women going for money right now? Well, one of the places is to the bank. As I said, they're coming and bringing a business to the bank that doesn't fit the traditional portfolio of what that bank is looking for they are banks will then don't like the data that's in front of them so then they ask for a personal guarantee or they might ask for a spouses or a, a signature from somebody else to guarantee the loan this is where the inequity starts to take place i was at a networking event a couple weeks ago and a woman said to me oh, i've never had any problem getting a loan she had just walked out of the corporate business, was buying into a new business, was able to secure a loan. And I said to her, were you able to put down a personal guarantee? She said, yeah, yeah, I just put down my house. And I said, did anybody co-sign the loan? She said, yeah, my husband, he's an investment banker. Her financial status is completely different from a lot of women that are coming in and asking for a loan. Single mothers that are the sole providers in their family who have not had the privilege of buying a house and are renting. They don't have collateral to put down. And so what happens is in the banking system, we get this two-tiered system where those who have can access capital and those who don't, don't. And that's one of the tricky parts about running a company. I remember going into a bank back in 2019, and I'd been running my company at that point for, I guess, 10 years. Well, I guess, nine years at that point. I had positive P&Ls for the last nine years. I'd shown a profit year over year, 30% growth year over year. And I was turned down a loan because I was not willing to put up a personal guarantee because I felt like my business proved that it could sustain the loan. And they said, well, that's okay. You don't have to put down a personal guarantee. What we are going to ask is that your husband co-sign the loan. Now, I have a terrific husband who's very supportive, who's an amazing guy. He is not a part of my business. His name is not anywhere in our financials. So what the bank was essentially saying is, we don't trust you and your business despite all the data to the contrary. So we're going to need your husband's signature to prove that you are worthy of the loan. And so what I did was pulled out of this bank, of which I had been with since the day I'd been born, and I walked down the street to a different bank, and within minutes, I had met with somebody, they had supported me, opened up a bank account for me, given me a line of credit and a credit card for my company, all with no personal guarantee. Now, that is unusual that a comp- that a bank will do that. There was a whole series of events that made that possible. But my point is, accessing capital through banks is not accessible for as many people as we want it to be. I know. Hi, Jesse. It is. It's unbelievable. Other places that women go to access capital is their savings or their retirement plans. This is very dangerous. Savings is literally designed for a rainy day and saving. So women are leveraging all capital that they have so that they can invest in their business so that they can make more money. And we're going to talk a little bit about what women do once they have the money, because it is amazing when you look at how women spend their revenue and their profits versus other people. If you don't have the savings or you haven't had the privilege of earning enough that you don't need every penny to sustain yourself, then you are coming in cold. And it is, again, creating more of an inequity to accessing capital. The other place people go for money is their friends and family. You know, friends and family is amazing. Not everybody has a mom who's willing to invest in them and believes in their vision and their abilities. So again, going and asking people to go and get their first round of funding from friends and family, though sounds very good and supportive, it again is reinforcing this inequity of accessing capital for women entrepreneurs. Obviously, people can go to a loan shark Listen, we don't have to talk about the payday loans banking system. (laughs) It is just dangerous. It is designed to keep you in debt. And once you take that loan, though it will support you in that minute, it is going to cost you so much more in order to fund your business that way. Also, credit cards. You know, credit cards are a terrific tool. They're a, a bank or a company that has said, we believe in you, We are willing to lend you the money. We're going to ask you to pay us at 19 to 24% interest, which again, you know, that's how I started my first business. I didn't have the savings. I did not have a line of credit. I did not have access to the capital. I did not go to friends and family, or they weren't in a position to be able to support me in that moment. And so my very first branding and website was built on a MasterCard. It was just shy of $10,000. Literally took me one second to press pay, and it took me well over seven years to pay off. Money is an interesting entity. It can snowball in one of two directions. When you have money and you're letting it work for you, it can snowball in increase. When you don't have money, it can snowball in debt. Either way, it's going to go one of two directions. And so having experienced it myself, but also seeing the impact that not being able to access money for the women that I work with, I just had this, I, I can't even tell you what it is, friends. Like, it was just like this, Sheila, you got to fix this. And so that's exactly what it is that we're doing. I just saw Heidi, she began her business with her savings. Like, you are removing the carpet from underneath you and a soft giving that soft landing that you have, that's what the savings are there for. Now, there are going to be times where you need to pull, but the point is, if we can see the impact and believe in the women entrepreneurs and help them help see the value that they're bringing both to society and to the economy, then I think we're going to rewrite history in a way that's very powerful. More women are going to be able to leave their jobs so that they can create a business that fulfills their life, enables them to balance the, all the responsibilities that they have on their plate, and it helps them earn more money. And so what does micro lending look like? A micro loan is designed for a micro business. You know, the small business scale can span anywhere from having zero employees to five, from having zero dollars of income up to over, I think it's over 15 million. There's a massive spread under the small business banner. Micro business is a business that sustains a couple people, has a small workforce that is literally designed to help somebody generate revenue. They're not looking to scale. They're not looking to have massive reach. They're not looking to be a global entity or they're just on their way. You know, every single business has started as a micro business. Every single business has stepped through this gateway. And if we can provide a loan on what is sustainable for a company. So there are entities and financial institutions that will loan and they're all about small business. The loans that they want to offer are too big for the people who need it. There is one in particular that will not talk to you personally unless you want to take out a hundred thousand dollar loan. For most micro business, that would be financial suicide. It is too much. It's too much of a loan where that company just needed to take out a $25,000 loan to be able to make that strategic investment to grow. And so what we're doing at the Road to Seven Capital is we are taking money from private lenders and we are pooling the capital and then we are working individually with amazing women entrepreneurs to lend them an amount that is sustainable, where they can make the strategic investment and they can repay it without having to sacrifice their cash flow. And this is one of the biggest things I see. You know, we talked about how women can access capital. One of the places they access it is by bootstrapping their business. You know, that is a terrific way to grow your business there is going to come a point where you are going to have to decide whether you're going to pay yourself a living wage or you are going to bootstrap your business. And when the money comes in and you're having to decide, am I going to make this hire that's going to have massive impact or am I going to pay rent or buy food for my family? That is a really difficult decision. And what happens when somebody is bootstrapping and they need the money from their business to subside they are then thwarted or they cannot take, they cannot make those investments that are gonna have a big impact on their business. It's just, it is literally just a numbers conversation here. So we pull this capital from our private lenders and we lend it out in smaller increments between five and $50,000. We are currently recreating the underwriting process. We are combining traditional data with some alternative data, plus a very personal interview and connection point so that we can see the business as a whole before we invest. We absolutely want your company to have at least two years of consistent revenue. We also wanna see that you have a deal flow. You have a good lead generation system Or you have a lead generation system that is generating enough revenue for you to sustain the loan that we agree on and that your strategic investment is going to go somewhere that is a really great growth lever for you. So it is a very personal process. We are working to automate it. We are building out the software, working with a software company so that we can make that process a little bit faster. But you know, when money's coming in from a lender, Literally, I'm deciding, do I need this to go to software? Or do I want to put it out in the market? And guess which one I choose? One of the differentiators about borrowing from the road to Seven versus a financial institution is we have a mentorship program. At the end of the month, we're going to be launching a new program called Mentors, where people who are established in business and have some money that they are able to lend are able to become some of our private lenders, and can work as mentors in our mentorship program. Currently, I'm running the mentorship program, and it's a we have amazing conversations. We help you put scorecards in place. We help you. The scorecard then tracks the important data for your company so you can be making data-driven decisions. We work through any barriers. I help you with figuring out where the money goes. And eventually, it won't be me. It will be one of our loans officers or support people. But right now, it's me because we are just starting. In order to make this work, we get to work together. We are looking for mentors who would like to be a part of our community and access our network. People like lawyers or accountants. People like social media agencies or service providers. Maybe you have a product or a software that you know that small business and micro business would benefit from having access to. If you are interested in becoming a part of our one of our mentors in our mentor program, I'd love for you to just send me a message. Just DM me. Send me a little note that says, I'd love to learn more about the mentor program. We take the bulk of your investment in that program and we re-lend it out. So it is really a double, it's a double duty for you. Number one, you are literally living at that intersection where we play between philanthropy and profit. You know, I don't believe that we take money and then we don't give anything back. When we work with a private lender, you are earning interest on the loan that is out in the market. It is an amazing return and an amazing process for you to put money, give it to us for four years. We are going to hang on to it, lend it out, and you earn a massive interest. So by calculations that we have today, ballpark figures, you put $50,000 in for four years, we're going to be giving you back $75,000 at the end of four years. And you have the satisfaction of knowing that you are impacting and changing lives for others. You know, I think it's important that we touch on what women tend to do with their profits. It is known that women are the biggest charitable donators in society. When you look at the amount of monies that charities raise, women donate. I don't know the actual statistic. I should go look it up. But they are the primary donors to charities. Why would we not be investing in these women? Women also take the money and reinvest it back in their family, either through education or other opportunities, through sporting ventures. They take the money they make, they put it back into their family so that they are raising the next generation of incredible humans. They're taking the money and putting food on the table, paying their bills, supporting their families. I know that some people like to call micro-business a hobby business or a side business. It is not that. It is literally a tool that is helping a woman with her financial independence and freedom so that she can create a better life for herself and for the next generation. And so if you are somebody who might be interested in having your money work for you, where you would be interested in lending money and then receiving more back after having made an impact and done good in the world, then we want to talk to you. At this point, because of our legal constraints, we do, we can only work with accredited investors. We can talk about what that looks like. I have a form that you can go through to decide whether you fit the criteria for an accredited investor or not. And you know what else we're looking for? more women that are just like you, women that are looking to make strategic investments in their business. And so when we can build up both sides of our community, both the borrowers and the lenders, I like to call the lenders mentors because we really hope that they're gonna be coming, that they're gonna become involved in the lives and the businesses of the women that we lend to. When we build up those two ecosystems, we are literally rewriting how women can access capital and what they can do with it. Right now, women, are allotted 4% of all lending capital. That is all loans out there. Mortgages, personal, business, 4%. That number needs to change. It's 2023 and it's time for us to work together and band together to help each other out. If you would like more information, you can simply go to the roadtoseven.com slash capital access program. From there, you can decide whether you're interested in being a borrower or you would be open to being a lender. Either way, we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to learn more about you and your business to see how we can make this accessing capital so much easier. I am so excited that there's people that are watching. So yay. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Dee. It is so great that you're live. It's possible that you're going to listen to this recording after at a later time, in which case we're so honored that you've tuned in and are listening to what it is that we're doing, and hopefully you're going to want to be a part of it, it's possible that you're going to be listening to this on the podcast, in which case, how about giving us a review or a thumbs up or share it with someone who you know needs to hear this information or who would like to be involved. So accessing capital is not all that tricky. What we have to do is just create a platform where we can do this together. I am going to be doing lives every week for the next couple months. It's a tactic that I want to try out. I'm very curious to see how it goes. In the upcoming weeks, I'm going to be talking about lots of different things. Things like how to get your business ready for accessing capital. And, you know, we can start small by looking at what do we at The Road to Seven look look for within those data criteria and what can you be doing to make sure that you are all ready to go. We're also going to be talking about business. We're going to be talking about how people are resisting really strategic investments that are literally going to change their lives. And they are tripping over the pennies. Try, their, Oh, how does that expression go? I can't remember. Something like tripping over the pennies trying to get to the dollar. You're trying to save money in the moment, whereas those strategic investments are going to earn you more money in the long run. So those are some of the ideas of what we're going to be doing with these LinkedIn Lives If you have any business questions or capital questions or you have anything that you want me to talk about, I'd love for you to just send me a message and I will come up with an episode just for you. In the meantime, accessing capital is possible. We just need to work together to make it happen. I know the traditional routes may be shutting a door on you, but don't let that stop you. Anytime there's a shut door, it's an amazing opportunity to go back and look for a new door and open that door so that you can get what it is that you want. So if you're a lender and you would like to talk, I'd love to talk with you. If you're a borrower and you would like to talk, I'd love to talk with you. If you're a potential mentor, I would love to talk with you. Either way, I'd love to talk with you because we are all in the people business, I sell to people, I work with people, I am a people, my team are people. And when we can get conversations going, then we are going to make some magic together. Thank you for joining me on this very first LinkedIn Live. I will see you next week. This particular episode of the Road to 7 podcast was recorded live. I did a, I'm starting a LinkedIn Live every single week, and I'm just testing out what it's like to do a podcast and live simultaneously. If you hear me calling out or referring people, it's because people were in the chat and I was just answering them. Anyway, I really hope that you listen and that accessing capital is something that's on your radar. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions, because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.